Afdoor, Rusai, tot half negen toe, nee? Um, ja. Oké, okay, awesome. Oké, okay, awesome. Ja. Rusai, in een fotootje als je kan van achteraf, oké. Okay. Good morning, guys. Are you blessed? Why? Amen. Okay, let's pray quickly. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus God this morning, Lord. I thank you that you come in. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place, God. I pray that you would touch everyone personally tonight, this morning, this morning, Lord. I thank you that you would kiss them with a kiss from heaven this morning. God, I thank you that every broken heart would heal this morning. Lord, I thank you that everyone that's in a hopeless situation would see hope this morning. I thank you, Lord, for those who see lifeless situations to see life this morning. And God, for those who see no way out, would see the way this morning. Your word says that you are the truth, the way, and the life. And Lord, there's no other way to see you than through your son Jesus. And I thank you this morning for the opportunity to speak life into these kids. Give me grace, Lord. Anoint my tongue to only speak what you say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Quickly put your hand on your heart. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive what you have for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You see, Jesus is not just a name. Jesus is not just an old guy up there. He is the name above all names. And the Bible says, there is no name under heaven from which men can be saved from. No other name. He's the only one. See, before I became a Christian, I wasn't brought up in church. My parents told me they're Christian, so I thought I was a Christian. And that's not the truth. You cannot be a Christian, born a Christian. You've got to be born again. In John 3 it says, Before that my whole life was sex, drugs and rock and roll. I wanted to see how many girls I could get in one night. If I could get the cocaine and the ecstasy, I wanted to take it all. And then I started dating this girl. She was 15 years old. I was 19 years old back then. We had a four years difference. We dated for five years. And five years down the line, she left me for someone else. So we had dinner one night. We loved it. I got in my car. And as I, as I started the car to go home, she just said, we're done. And I thought that, oh. And I was like, hey, bless your life. I'm going home. Tired. Thought she made a joke. When I got home, I said, I'm home, honey. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. She said, we're not going to see each other tomorrow morning. We're done. I couldn't understand it. My whole life fell apart. You see, the thing is, if Jesus is not the center of your life, when that thing that is the center of your life walks away, your life will fall apart. But if Jesus is the center of your life, then everything else can fall apart, but you'll be stable. There's only one. I didn't grow up in a church. 
And whenever I got drunk on weekends, people say it's not awesome to get drunk. It's not cool. It's not biblical. And I'd say, well, Jesus turned water into wine, so I'm going to drink. And that was my excuse. The scripture says the drunkard will never see the kingdom. Being drunk doesn't make you cool. In fact, God makes it so nice for us that he says, do not get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on everyone, the promise of the Father, like God promises his spirit for us. Like God said, when you say yes to Jesus, he gives himself to come live inside of you. The fullness of God of heaven and earth wants to live in you. You could have taken any other place on earth and made a home in that. But he says, nope, I'm not living in temples made out of hands of men, but I'm going to live in you. But you've got to make the choice. He says, I'm standing at the door knocking. He wants to come in. But you've got to open the door. There's a scripture where the Bible says, Simon the Pharisee invited Jesus to come to his house. And Jesus gladly accepted the invitation. But when Jesus came... He just got a seat in the house. And a prostitute came in. And she fell at his feet and started weeping, crying. And as she was crying, she was washing Jesus' feet with her tears. And wiping it with her hair. And the Pharisee came and he said, Lord, he thought in his heart, Lord, if you only knew what sinful woman this is, you wouldn't let her touch her like that. Because you see in the Old Testament, if there was an unclean person... Touching you, you become unclean. But in the New Testament, with Christ in you, the hope of glory, when something unclean touches you, they become clean. Because Jesus in you is greater than anyone else in this world. One person clinging on to Jesus is bigger and stronger than 10,000 devils in one person. And when Jesus heard the thoughts, because Jesus is Jesus, you know, you've got to be Jesus to do Jesus. And he hears the thoughts of every man. He knows everything that's going on in your heart, going on in your mind. He knows the words that's going to come out of your mouth before you even speak them. And he heard the mind of Simon saying, Lord, if you know how unclean this person is, you wouldn't let her touch you. And Jesus said, Simon, tell me. Two people owe the bank money. One owes them a thousand rand and the other one ten thousand. But the banker cancelled all the debt. He had mercy on them. So the one who owed ten thousand went his way and the one who owed a thousand went his way. Which one would love the banker most? Yes. The one that owed the banker 10,000. Why? Because he knows of how much he has been forgiven or set free from. He says, Simon, when I came into your house, you didn't greet me with a customary kiss. Because back in that day, when you meet someone, you kiss them on the cheek. So you didn't greet me with a customary kiss. This woman has never stopped kissing my feet. When I came into your house, you didn't wash my feet. She washed it with her tears. You didn't welcome me like you should. This woman loves much because she knows 
of how much he's been forgiven. And you see, sometimes we are like that. We want Jesus to come in to our lives. And then when he comes, because when you say, Lord Jesus, come, he accepts that invitation and he comes. But some of us, we just give him a seat in the house. Like, Lord, thank you, you're here, welcome, grab a seat, sit still, don't do anything else. But then there's some of us that know exactly what we've done wrong, that know exactly what we've been through, that know exactly where are we going. Some of us that look at ourselves and we know, without Jesus, this is not possible. Without Jesus, life's not possible. And then those of us that's like that, we know that when we wake up, we want to sit at the feet of Jesus. Because he's worthy of kissing. He's worthy of praising and worshiping. And to be honest with you, if Jesus walked into this place now, some of you guys wouldn't even know what he looks like. Because you've never tasted and seen the goodness of God. When that girl left me, Back then, I thought my life's done. Because all of a sudden, all that I ever loved walked out of my life. And all I thought is, one thought ran through my mind for one month, every day, all day. If you kill yourself, the world will be a better place. If you take your life now and just go out, everyone would be happy because you're just a burden. We'll see how much they cry on the funeral. Take yourself out. What a lie. Because if I would have said, raise your hands, how many people thought about suicide just in the last month, how many hands would go up? Thank you, man. Thank you, dude. Thank you for being honest, man. So I would have asked how many people thought about suicide this week. You'd be amazed how many hands go up right now in the school. And that's not the way out. You want a way out? Jesus is the way. You want truth in your life? Jesus is the truth. You want purpose for your life? Jesus is the life. And God says today, I sit before you. Life and death. Make a choice. Deuteronomy 30:18 says, Today I sit before you, life and death. You make a choice. God's not forcing himself on you. God is love. And any love that forces itself onto someone is not love, it's rape. God's never going to force himself onto you. He's putting it out there. He says, Guys, there's a kingdom of light. I am in it. And in this, there is light. And in this light, there is life. There's life now and there will be life after death. When you die, you don't die. You'll be more alive than ever before. But guys, there's a kingdom of darkness. And if you choose to go that way, it's death. It says sin leads to death. All sin leads to death. And all of you that's sitting here this morning have sinned. You say, no, I'm not a sinner. Yes, you are. How many of you guys have ever stolen something in your life? Took something that's not yours? Yep. How many of you guys have ever lied in your life? Yep. 
So the Bible says if you hate someone, you've already committed murder in your heart. How many of you guys ever said, I hate that person? Yep, murderers. Well, Jesus says, if you look lustfully upon a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. That same goes with women. If you look lustfully upon someone else that's not yours, you've committed adultery. Who has ever looked lustfully upon someone? Yep. So what do you call someone that's a, that lies? What do you call that person? A liar, yep. And someone that kills people? A murderer, yep. And someone that looks lustfully upon people? A pervert, yep, I've heard that one before. So when I look at it, you can? You good? So there's, if I look at, at what I'm seeing now, then there's a lot of bunch of liars, a bunch of perverts, a bunch of murderers sitting in this school right now. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, These will not inherit the kingdom of God. No adulterers, no liars, no murderers, no thieves, no drunkards. They will not go in. In the kingdom of God, there is no place for sin. Now you might go, well, we're all sinners. Well, until you say yes to Jesus, then the Bible says, when you say yes to Jesus, when you confess your sin, that He is faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, meaning unrighteousness, even the stuff you don't know of. And then He separates you from your sin as far as the east is from the west. And then he takes that sin and he throws it in the depths of the ocean and never thinks about it again. If you are separated from something, that means it has no part of you anymore. That means you are no longer a sinner, but you become a son or a daughter of God. And you cannot clean yourself. It's impossible. If you want to clean yourself to get to heaven, you need to die on the cross and live a sinless life, perfect, without sin. It's impossible. The church will not save you because the church never died for you. No one can. There's only one and it's Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Only the blood of Jesus can save us from ourselves because no one else is your problem. You are your problem. You are the one deciding. You are the one speaking. You are the one living. And if someone else sins against you, what do you do? The scripture says you bless them and you pray for them. Why does the scripture say that? Because in Proverbs 26, it says, in Proverbs 6, 26, it says that a person that sends out a curse on someone else, that curse goes out of his mouth like a bird, fluttering over someone's head, going back to the nest. When you curse someone, don't be surprised when something happens to you. Because it says that curse goes out, comes back. The only people that actually curse other people? Satanists. Unbelievers. Witches. Sangomas. Jesus says, you bless. And some people might go, oh, Sangoma. Dude, I've met some Sangomas. I've met some witches. When you pray for them, they start jumping around because devils need to leave. And some people go, nah, I don't believe in it. Okay. Let's just look at your own life. Who's the force behind your drive? 
You squeeze a lemon, what comes out? Lemon juice. If you squeeze an apple, what comes out? Apple juice. And if you squeeze a Christian, Jesus needs to come out. But some Christians, when you squeeze them, they effing, zeffing all the way. It's cussing and all the stuff that comes out of their mouth. And the Bible says, what the heart is full of, it comes out of your mouth. Give me five minutes in your presence and I'll know exactly what's going on in your heart. My question this morning is, are you born again? Do you know Jesus? Not everyone goes to heaven. It's not in your Bible. It says those who do the will of the Father. He is the brother of Jesus. He's the sister of Jesus. Jesus says, this is eternal life, to know me. To know him is eternal life. And some people only believe enough to get to heaven, but they don't believe enough for heaven to get inside of them. Heaven is not after this. Heaven is now. It says now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to choose, not tomorrow. You know how many people go to hell because they wanted to give their life to Jesus someday? We had this guy, his name was Victor. Victor was a Russian guy. And I live in Uppington. So Victor comes to Uppington every now and again. And then my mom had two rooms, those guest rooms, that we had to hire out per day. She came in. Victor came in, and he would book this one of the rooms for two months up front. For when he comes to Uppington, then there's a place for him to stay. So one day Victor came, and Victor used to drink a bottle of brandy every night and a half bottle of his vodka every night. And when I was in the Ukraine in 2015, I picked up a little bit of the Russian language. And I came to the place, and I heard Victor outside, and I went out. I said, Privet Kakdela, Victor. He said, you speak Russian. I said, I picked up a little bit of the language. He said, but wh where did you live? I said, I went to the Ukraine. He said, what did you do in the Ukraine? I said, oh, I preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, ah, you don't really believe in that, miss. I said, man, I believe with it with all of my heart. I put my life on the line. I put my life on the line for this. No one else can take it away from me. I've seen Jesus. He says, nah, man. He says, Victor, why don't you want to give your life to Jesus, man? Why don't you believe? He says, you know what? I make good money. I have good life, good wife. I'm good. I said, dude, you're not good. You're going to die someday. Then you're going to stand before God and give an account for your life. And if you don't know him and he doesn't know you, we have a big problem. He says, no, I don't believe in it. And God spoke to me. He says, Victor has never forgiven his dad. I said, Victor, you have problems with your dad. And he turned around and he said, my dad's dead. I said, I know. But God just spoke to me. You've never forgiven him. And he looked at me and said, ah, anyone could have told you that. I said, I don't know you, Victor. I don't know your name. But let me pray for you. Put your hand on mine. And when I pray for you, God is going to touch you now. You see, I'm so confident in Jesus that I know if I lay my hands on someone, God's going to touch him. I know it. I'm so confident in Jesus that when I pray for you guys in a moment, many of you will be healed that has pain in their bodies right now. Even as you see, people are getting healed. You can test it. See in your body if you have pain in that place that you came in this morning. In.
Victor put his hand on mine in the moment he touched me. He pulled back his hand. He said, I need to go to my room. He went to his room. Two weeks after that, I was in Cape Town. My mom called me. She said, something weird has happened last night. Victor's door went open and it closed again. And when we went to his room, the lights were on. And all his stuff was on the bed, but Victor weren't there. So you guys got to pray. I said, okay, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Just find Victor. Because I don't know what I'm praying for. It's one day. My mom called again. She says, we couldn't find Victor. Your dad went to the police station. Maybe Victor was driving drunk around and they just locked him up. But he wasn't there. Couldn't find him. So I called a friend. Said, hey, dude. My friend works at Year of Car. Say, hey, dude, maybe see if Victor rented a car from you guys. And he's on it. Within minutes, he calls me. He says, dude, we found Victor. Says, where did you find him? Says, well, I'm going to send you some pictures. Sends me two pictures. Both of those pictures is one car split in two, rolled up in two balls. Couldn't even see what card was. So where's Victor? Said, buddy, we found him too. Victor was also picked up, split in two. Two pieces. You see, two weeks before that, Victor had the chance to give his life to Jesus and walk into the glory of what God has for us. But he said, nope, I have a good wife. I have a good life and I have good money. Victor died and couldn't even take his clothes with. Now, I'm not here to preach a message that's going to send some fear into your heart. But hey, man, when are you going to choose? Because there is a kingdom of light and there is a kingdom of, God, of darkness. And I've read the last phase of the Bible. The kingdom of light wins. Darkness, it'll be on this earth. Jesus said, there's going to come one to this earth that has no part of me. He's the ruler of darkness. And he'll come as the angel of light. You see, the devil will come to you in everything that you ever wanted. And he'll take you out. The devil will throw everything to you to get you in a place of unbelief. He'll play with your mind. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that God of this age, meaning the devil. The Bible says the devil is the God of the world. That's why when the devil talked to Jesus, he said, if you bow before me, I give you the kingdoms of the world. The devil told Jesus, the Son of God, bow before me and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world because the devil is the God of this world. And he says he blinds the minds of those who are perishing so that you may not see the light of the gospel. That's why in your head, in your heart, there's always a discussion. Is it true or is it not? Is it true or is it not? Jesus is not asking you to understand the Bible. He wants you to believe it. It's only by faith that you can be saved. Through, through faith, by grace. It's the only way. But I'm here, and I put my life on the line for this. Nobody, ever, nobody pays me to do what I do. I haven't had a salary in four and a half years. And I travel all over the world preaching the gospel. Nobody ever pays me. God's the provider. I literally wake up every morning with EFCs into my account. People say, huh? How does that work? Well, how many hairs on your head? You don't know. You think God knows how many hairs on your head? If he knows how many hairs on your head, he probably knows my bank details as well. God knows. He knows everything. The question is, are you going to choose? There's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. You've got to make a choice. And your last day might be today. Your last day might be in 50 years. You've got to make a choice. 
And Jesus said, I have not come to kill, steal, and destroy. You can go read it up, John 10, 10. It says, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life, a life more abundantly. Jesus has not come to kill, steal, and destroy. It was not Jesus that took your daddy out. It was not Jesus that stole your grandmother. It was not Jesus that broke up with you. It was not Jesus. Jesus gives life, and life more abundantly. My question today is, what one are you going to choose? And if you choose Jesus now, the Bible says Jesus died in the place of our sin. The sinless Son of God died in your place for sin, guilt, shame, and condemnation. For in Christ, Romans 8, there's no more guilt, shame, and condemnation. There's no more condemnation in Him. Jesus died in the place if I come in your place to school today, you're not supposed to be here because I need to be in your place here. If Jesus died in the place of sin, then sin is not supposed to be in your life if Jesus is in your life. Both can't be there. One needs to go. And if I put sin on this platter and I put Jesus on this one, which one do you choose today? This other guy told me, he can't choose Jesus today because if he chooses Jesus today, he needs to stop drinking and he can't make that decision. You know why? Because he loves his sin too much. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, Your sin separates you from God. And you've got to make a choice today. And your decision today to follow Jesus is saying yes to him and no to everything else that's not of him. Saying, yes, God, I can't see you, but I'm trusting your word. I know that it's a lie. Do a thing in my heart I need to change. Do something in me. I need to love people even if they don't love me back. I need to give to people, even if they never give me something. I need to be a difference, even when no one else makes a difference. Use me. When I said yes to Jesus, I said, God, I have Facebook and I have Instagram, and I'm going to give it to you. I'm just going to give you all the glory through that platform. And only through the videos that I put on Facebook in the last four and a half years, over two million people received Jesus. Two million people. What are you doing with your life? My question is this, if you choose Jesus now, right now, and you have stuff in your life that needs to go, a lot of people in this place struggle with drugs, there's a lot of people that struggle with alcohol, there's a lot of people that struggle with uh, sexual relationships that's not in marriage, pornography, that's junk. The only reason you go to that stuff is because you don't know Jesus. If you knew Jesus, you wouldn't be in that place. You grab onto something in order for something to give you the next kick. I've been there, man. Done it all. Jesus is the only one that can fill that hole in your soul. And if you say, I'm done with that junk today, I choose Jesus, I dare you to stand up. Thank you. Right now. Right now. If you don't choose Jesus, then sit. If you have given your life to Jesus before, you can also sit. But if you need to come clean today, you stand up now. Put your hands in the air. Both of them. Like you're going to receive a gift now.
Because Jesus says He gives us the free gift of salvation. And I need you to receive it. Right now, say, say with your mouth. It says in Romans 10, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. 1 John chapter 1, 9, it says, If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to, to forgive you. You don't forgive for confess in your heart. Nobody confesses in their heart. You confess with your mouth. There's a lot of people that like to be loud in this place, but when it comes to confession, they keep quiet. Don't let the devil choke you today. Speak up. You have junk in your life that needs to go today. And I'm not playing with this. I don't care if I die for this gospel or if I ever get invited back to the school. I don't care. People are not my problem. I'm my problem. But Jesus came for souls. And He wants you. He loves you. He wants to give Himself to you completely today. If you were here at youth night the other night, man, some people got really touched that night. Really, God wrecked some people completely and set them free. Jesus wants to set you free today. Just close your eyes. Keep your hands in the air. And I'm going to pray, and then you're going to pray after me, and then I'm going to stop at a place where I say, God, please forgive me for. I'm going to keep quiet there. When I say, please forgive me for, you go on to say what you are sorry for. Don't look at the person next to you. They are not your problem. You are. You need to get clean. Then you confess what you need forgiveness for today and what you need to be set free from today. If it's your pornography, you say, God, I'm addicted to this and I'm a slave to this because you can be a slave to it. One thought in your head and you're plugged to that phone. And dude, every time you look at that stuff, you pay for those people to steal kids and send them overseas. You pay for them. One day that can be your daughter or your son. So say, Jesus. Say it, Jesus. I believe with all my heart that you are the Son of God, that you died for me, and that you rose again, and that your blood cleanses me and makes me new. I have sinned. Please forgive me for. Say it.